Friday afternoon, Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN, living in the world of the new normal. That's right, the new normal, like trying to figure out how to work from home while your kids are at home. And it just so happens that a week ago today at this exact time, Matt Vaskersian from Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN was on. He was telling me a week ago that he was driving to the MLB Network headquarters and driving through like some mini hurricane in New York or New Jersey. And he said, Kaplan, what is, what is the noise behind you, man? And I said, oh, Matty V, um, my landscapers are here. This is not usually a time where I'm broadcasting live from my home. And when you do broadcast live from your home because of the new normal, sometimes things happen. I swear to you right now, I make not one ounce of an exaggeration. My landscapers, God love these guys. I usually am up and I'm like, guys, you need a bottle of water. What can I do for you? This guy is right outside my door. I swear to you, we're social distancing, but we're about seven feet away. And he's got this blower and he's blowing all the leaves off the, the deck right out of the back where my office is. This is the new normal, Bergman. Just so you know, this is the new normal that you're working at home. Part of your work could be broadcasting on the radio airwaves of Los Angeles. And you might have your gardener right outside of your office. That is the new normal. <laughs> I thought it was somebody with a vacuum inside your studio right now. That's how but it's very prevalent. Let's just say that. Right. We should be okay. Uh, we'll be all right. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and our guests come on via the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Let me bring on my friend Andy Poland. Andy Poland is a talk show host on ESPN 630 in Washington, D.C. He's been around this football organization for a very long time. He knows it well. And to get some real local knowledge, here is Andy Poland on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Hi, Andy. Hi, how are you? You know, I live in a townhouse, so we don't have a gardener. So uh, I got nothing to complain about while we do this. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, are you broadcasting from your home as well, or have you been able to go back to an office? You know, I haven't missed a day. Um, there are many people who I work with who are broadcasting from home, but I've been doing all my shows from the studios and, frankly, happy to get out of the house every day to do it. Oh, yeah, dude. I can only imagine. I mean, getting out of the house is like a vacation. We will all, I promise you this, Andy, if and when we all go back to work, meaning people leave their homes and go back to their office places, and believe me this, there are plenty of people who own commercial real estate. They're like, God, I need these people to come back. Uh, when we all go back... Leaving to go to work will never be a hassle again. It will be like a vacation because if you've got kids and you've got your kids at home and your dog at home and your gardener's gardening and all this is happening while you're trying to broadcast live, all you want to do is get back into the studio. I had no idea you guys were, were back in and working from, from the home base. Yeah, well, just a few. I mean, there are a few of us who have been uh, continuing to work there, but uh, many of them sent home and uh, doing broadcasting like you are from home. All right, Andy Poland from ESPN 630 in Washington, D.C. Andy, I'm sure you guys, much more intently than the rest of us around the country, were waiting for this report from the Washington Post. I mean, I was sitting on it yesterday going, come on, guys, when is this thing going to blow? Uh, what has the reaction been thus far in the last, call it, 20 hours or so since this story broke? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the buildup. It's more bizarre than anything I've ever seen. Uh, it started on Sunday night with a couple of reporters who actually covered the team. These weren't just wild Twitter speculators. These are people who probably should know better. And their take was, oh, boy, look what's coming. Just wait. I know some things which I can't say because I haven't nailed this down in reporting. But, oh, 
there's a big one coming from, and by Wednesday we figured it was the Washington Post. By yesterday afternoon we knew it was going to be the Washington Post, and it finally came out. Now, there are some people, given the buildup, who said, huh, well, what's the big deal? You know, some people uh, sexually harassed. If you read this story, I mean, it is absolutely disgusting about an organization that has kind of led the league in disgusting over the last 20 years. And uh, I think that the big reaction in town is, is Dan Snyder going to be able to hold on to this team, or is he going to be forced to sell? This is different than Jerry Richardson, the owner of the Panthers, who was forced to sell after he was implicated for actually uh, sexually harassing employees and uh, using a racial slur with an African-American employee. Dan Snyder's not accused of this, nor is Bruce Allen, who he fired at the end of the season uh, as the president of the team. But I think that that is the big takeaway for fans now is, is Snyder going to be able to keep the team or not? Andy Poland from ESPN 630 in Washington, D.C., here on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN in Los Angeles. Andy, um, your takeaway is a great question. I'm of the opinion he will be forced to sell because of two reasons. You mentioned a racial slur. Well, Daniel Snyder has been defiantly racist towards Native Americans, at least by saying I'll never change the name, and now he's going to change the name. So there's a racial undertone to all of this. And then even though his hands aren't quote-unquote dirty in all of this, the fact of the matter is it starts at the top. He's responsible. These were his employees. He put them in those positions, and he was having an organization run, at least the way I read it, internally, an insanely hostile work environment for the women who were part of this report I just don't understand why the league would not want to push them out other than the good old boy network. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, and I think the good old boy network is at work here in that before even Snyder released the statement today, and it was a pretty milk toasty statement, to be honest with you, uh, the league said that it would rely on the work of Beth Wilkinson, who Snyder has hired to do an internal investigation of his operation. He's paying for her to investigate his team. Um, like my friend Tom Lavero wrote in the Washington Times today, her job is to put a massive condom over, over Dan Snyder. And the league, in its statement, said that they would use her work to determine whether there would be discipline against Snyder. That is absolutely insane. They did their own investigation of Deflategate. They did their own investigation of Bountygate. And correctly, they did their own investigation of Jerry Richardson. Why are they relying on the work of someone who is being paid by the Redskins to determine punishment for the Redskins? It makes it, no sense. It's unbelievable. And, and to your point, that is, that is damage control, not just by the organization, but by the entire league. What I'm surprised at is that these guys all being, as the way I look at it, as money-hungry and as money-driven as they are, you would think that after they forced Richardson to sell for $2.4 billion, when the Carolina Panthers are worth more than the L.A. Clippers by $400 million, at least the way the sale went down, uh, at least in terms of when it went down, you got to think that that franchise in that market would sell for somewhere like $4 billion, which all of a sudden makes the Rams worth more, and it makes the Cowboys worth more, and the Giants worth more, and the Eagles. I'm surprised that these money-hungry owners aren't saying right away, we'll get them out, we got a whole bunch of rich guys ready to buy in, we're all going to make a lot of money on this transaction. Yeah, there's that, and there's also the issue of the uh, fan base of the NFL, which is, as I understand it, 50% women. 
And someone who's run an operation like this uh, is certainly not good for business. And I know there have been a couple of columns written, one by Nancy Armour in USA Today, saying that uh, the league needs to look at this and its bottom line and uh, force Snyder out for financial reasons. And yeah. and that may happen, too, uh, that, that they look at this as, as a very bad image for the NFL. A lot of the products that they sell are geared towards women. And a lot of the merchandise that is bought, I believe I've read somewhere, it's like 80% of the merchandise uh, put out by the NFL is purchased by women. So, yeah, I think financial reasons would, would dictate that would be the case as well. Andy Polin from ESPN 630 in Washington, D.C. on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN here in Los Angeles. Okay, you know who I kind of feel bad for in all of this is is Ron Rivera. Dude, you got let go in Carolina and you had to deal with that mess. And before you've coached one game, you've got to deal with this mess. And the weird part to me is, yeah, he's the coach, but he hasn't even been there. And they seem to be pushing him out in front like you get out there and you be the face of all of this. What, what, what do you have to say about Ron Rivera's role here? Yeah, the, you know, the, you remember the old Bill Parcells line, if uh, you want me to cook the meal, you ought to let me shop for the groceries. Well, they mm-hmm. gave that to Rivera. There's no general manager of the team. There's no team president. And they called it a coach-centric operation. Well, I, I think he thought that that would involve A, coaching players, and B, acquiring players. I don't think he thought it would mean being the public face of the team, uh, handling all the crises that came along, including the name change. And now this big pile of manure, which wound up in his lap, and he has to handle that as well. That is, uh, I don't think, anything that he bargained for. And while he has done, I think, a fairly good job of that, I think it's, it's outlandish to think that he can basically handle the entire operation of the team by himself when he was brought in to coach the football players. If I were the NFL, Andy Polin, here's what I'd be doing. I would be saying to myself, one of our biggest issues is we don't have any African-American or female owners. So here's what I would like to do. I'd like to get Dan Snyder out, and I want to make sure that Oprah and LeBron and Michael Jordan – and Barack Obama, because could you imagine Obama, one of the owners of of the Washington NFL football team? I'm serious. I'm not joking here. I would try and put together a collection of the most influential, wealthy, African-American men and women to say, we've got to get African-American people into NFL ownership. Now's the time. It's the right market. And, and let's do this. And I know that may sound outrageous and outlandish, but I'm an idea guy. And if I were in that room, that would be my idea. That's not a bad idea. I, I don't know if that's going to actually happen. I think it obviously starts with getting Snyder to sell the team. Uh, and I don't think he's going to be interested in doing that. But, yeah, I mean, uh, So you think he's going to defiantly hang and, on? And if, if you had a living, breathing commissioner... I think that might happen, but we seem to have, in my opinion, a a, a lapdog whose main job is to shake people down for money, and I don't think that that, uh, Roger Goodell is capable of that kind of leadership. Andy Poland from ESPN 630 in D.C. on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN in Los Angeles. Andy, when you go back and you read the article, because you said it at the beginning, this has been a bad franchise. You called it a disgusting franchise for 20 years. They've been the leader of disgusting. I mean, maybe you could throw the Chargers in there, but they're, they're pretty close. Maybe the Bengals in there too. So what was your biggest takeaway? What, what was the most, quote, unquote, use your word, disgusting? What was the most disgusting part of all that you read through this? Well, they have 220 employees. 
they have one HR person who actually does other duties with the team. Uh, the unspoken rule there was, you know, don't say anything. Uh, you know, don't, don't upset anybody here. And there was also, uh, a, a reporter for the athletic, Rhiannon Walker, who had made a complaint about, about Alex Santos, who had actually, uh, she said, uh, pinched her and said something about her rear end. And this was investigated by the team a year ago. And he wasn't fired until this past weekend when it became clear that the Washington Post was going to put out this story. So they have no real HR department. And when it comes time to investigate a complaint against one of their employees, there's obviously nobody to do it and nothing gets done. So the atmosphere was, you know, don't say anything, don't don't tell and let the good old boys club operate like it always has. Yeah, crazy. I mean, seriously, in this world that we're living in now, where you've got characters like a Harvey Weinstein, or I just watched that documentary on Netflix about Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, I am like humiliated by these guys. I can't believe this this notion of I'm powerful, I'm rich, so here, baby, take a look at this. I mean, it, it's just, it's incredible to me how unprofessional these guys are. Um, okay, so here I feel like a dope. I'm gonna admit this to you, you ready? Yesterday, I read that Larry Michael, who's the longtime voice of the Skins, is a, he, he's retiring, not resigning, retiring. And I send him a text like, hey, I saw you were retiring. What's up, man? Everything okay? And he gets back to me. Hey, all good. Thanks. Any, you know, thanks for the note. And I just assumed, well, he's jumping off the ship. He doesn't want to be guilty by association. And now here's a guy I know I've known for all this time. I suspect you probably know him. I don't know what your relationship might be. But I was shocked to see um, that, you know, he was deeply involved. When uh, I saw that, uh, heard that, that Larry was quote unquote retiring, I knew that the uh, big stuff was about to hit the fan because uh, I've known Larry for over 40 years. Uh, he's incredibly ambitious. He's hardworking and has been very loyal to the organization and has been called over the years Baghdad Bob for his uh, defense of what are seemingly defenseless, uh, indefensible, I should say, uh, actions by the team. So there was no way Larry was retiring voluntarily. Mm -hmm. There was something there. Now, I did not know about what is being alleged at the Post by these women, and apparently there's something that's been caught on tape of him uh, saying something very sexist. So, yeah, that was that was a key indicator to me that this thing was really going to blow. And that came Wednesday afternoon. Uh, the story came out from the Washington Post yesterday evening. So... Yeah, I saw that as a, as a real strong indicator. And he he wasn't just the play by play voice. He was the director of broadcasting. He did he did their entire operation. He did their TV shows. He ran their digital department. Uh, this is a guy who had autonomy over a large part of the organization. And to leave two weeks before training camp is supposed to start, that's a stunner. Right. You don't you don't give up jobs like that. And you certainly don't retire when you're young like he is and ambitious, like you said, he is. Um, Andy, before you go, I, I would be curious, you know, sometimes things get flushed in the news cycle and with NFL training camps and teams already expected to report come Monday, believe it or not. And with a Patrick Mahomes saying this is crazy, we've had all this time and we're, we don't seem prepared. I just wonder what you think. Does the news cycle flush this story? Does it go away quickly? Or are we looking at something that's really going to have some serious life here? Well, you know, I, I think it, it, it probably will drop off a little bit. But at some point, this report by Beth Wilkinson is going to have to come out. 
And it'll be looked at as either, wow, look what she uncovered, look at what else was going on here, or, gee, is this all they found? And she was able to sweep all that under the rug. So I think there'll be a new cycle with that. And then if it is, you know, if there are serious allegations here, then the question becomes, you know, is Dan Snyder going to be forced to sell the team? Uh, and there's that. Plus, uh, we have the name issue too. I mean, this, this was, this was something that, uh, engulfed that. That came out on Monday that they were quote unquote retiring the name. Mm-hmm. And many feel that that was put out on Monday to deflect, to draw attention away from what they expected this story to come out Monday and, uh, and draw all that attention. So, uh, there, there, there are a couple of still big issues burning for the Redskins, and I don't think they'll necessarily be out of the news cycle anytime soon. I know. I wish we could, but they'd hurry up and come up with a new name. I, I, I feel bad even saying that word now, you know, since, mm-hmm. uh, since they're finally about to change it. Andy, great to talk to you. Thank you for being available today. I know these are busy times for you. Appreciate you, bud. Thank you. Anytime, Scott. Take care. You got it. Andy Pollan, ESPN 630 in Washington, D.C., giving you Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract and no compromise. Hey, I don't know what you got planned this weekend, but I know for me, um, my car, I am not driving as much nearly. I'm not putting in as much gas, and it's just sitting collecting dust. If you don't have time to wash your car or wax your car, 303 Touchless Sealant is a quick and easy solution. Simply spray on and rinse off. Dude, it's that easy. Get ultimate protection and shine in minutes that lasts up to six months. Now available at O'Reilly, AutoZone and Advanced Auto Parts. Visit 303radio.com for more information. That's 303radio.com. Okay, Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. We're now closing in here on about 9.5 days on the 10-day contract. As we start to pull into these final couple of minutes, this final 90 minutes or so until we hand off and we cross-talk with Mason in Ireland, okay? 10 of 10. Let's go through... The highlights. And by the way, I don't know what they are. I have no idea. I didn't pick them. I don't know what's about to come. I don't know what we're about to hear. I have absolutely no idea. All I know, as I said to the guys this morning, I said, fellas, you pick out the top five moments of the last nine and a half days. I don't know if they could be interviews. It could be newsworthy. I could have sang some Michael Jackson, Man in the Mirror. I don't know what's coming my way. We will all find out together. The highlights of the last nine and a half days are coming up next. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Because it's Friday, you ain't got no job, and you ain't got shit to do. That is the truth, sucker. It's Friday, you ain't got no job. Hang out with us. Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Playing a little ice cube for you. Hey, cube. Can we talk before I get off, before I get out of here today? Because I saw yesterday after I was calling Cube out that a lot of people were hitting up Cube's son who played Cube in the movie straight out of Compton and saying, yo, dog, uh, Kaplan is looking for your dad. Can you have your dad call the show? I'm telling you, I'm going to get to this coming up in just a few minutes. I read LZ Granderson's column today about his feelings on anti-Semitism and it really, really resonated. LZ, if you're tuning in this afternoon, awesome work, man. Appreciate that. I really do. I, I sincerely appreciate that. It's kind of like um, my African-American friends who say to me, hey, I appreciate the fact that you're willing to have these discussions, stand up and say something, um, host these summits so that we can have these conversations. I'm saying the same thing to LZ Granderson. I, as your Hebrew brother, appreciate very much 
the things that you're saying so that Ice Cube can read it, so that Kareem can read it, even though Kareem was very supportive, so that Nick Cannon can read it and get educated, and so that maybe, maybe we can stop spewing the hate. So I'll, I'll talk about LZ's column coming up in just a couple of minutes. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's Home Quote Explorer. Quote and buy all online at Progressive.com. Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. It is Friday afternoon, and here's the deal. I said to the gentleman, I said, hey, fellas. I said, I said Bergman, Brawny, look, let's see if we get to 10 days. Let's see if we make it there. Well, on Friday of last week, we made it through five. And then yesterday we had made it through nine. And here we are now, we're through nine and a half days of a 10-day contract. If you're an NBA basketball player and you sign a 10-day contract, at this moment, on day nine and a half, here's what you're doing. You're calling your agent and you're going, dude, listen, you know, I think I'm an important part of the team now. Um, I feel like I've got a great relationship with LeBron. Um, I feel like in practice I've contributed. I've worked really hard. I'm in great shape you know, talk to these guys. I mean, make sure I get another 10-day contract. That's what you're doing if you're an NBA player. In our business, we knew it was 10 days. What happens in the future? I'm going to sound like an NFL football coach right now. You know, when you say, I'm just trying to control the things I can control. That's really, I zoned in. I said, 10 days, zone in, because it's going to be a sprint. So here we are now on day 10. We're through nine and a half of 10. And I said to Brawny, I said, okay, you have an astute ear. You tell me, give me the top five things that have happened in the last nine and a half days. Brawny, were you able to come up with five, what I would call our highlights? Can we find five highlights over the last week and change? Uh, Scott, I was able to find five highlights. In fact, I had to leave some off the list. I think you actually did so good in these two weeks. In fact, I have one honorable mention to get us started. Uh, earlier... In your uh, 10-day contract, you tried to uh, make corporate Bergman into this super Lakers fan, a la our old friends from Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was, you know, a good way to uh, ingratiate yourself with the listening audience since they love taking it to corporate Bergman. Well, um, I I did say, I said, Bergman, I said, you are such a, a Laker defender. You're like the super fans. They always would say, Ditka. You say, LeBron. They said, Da Bears. Da Bears. You say, Da, da Lakers. Da Lakers. That's uh, born and bred here. Absolutely. Yeah. LeBron. <laughs> yeah. I, that was one of my favorite things, too. I mean, th this dude is all Laker all the time and by the way like lebron lover like just typical though right like when when a player is on another team villain when he finally shows up to your team you're like the best i love him and that is my man bergman and lebron hey oh. you can't you can't say that i that i didn't like lebron from before that's just uh patently false is that is that just an unadulterated lie yes yes okay. it is i feel you Okay, so there's a there's a little honorable mention for you. But, Bronny, where are we going from here? So uh, these are in no particular order. The order it's in is uh, we're going to go back chronologically and start at the very first day of your 10-day contract. Oh, and you had on your uh, pal, Tony Baselli, who mm. got very candid and very serious about him himself contracting COVID and what he went through. And I appreciated him kind of talking about both sides of this. He understands the people that are willing to take a risk, but he was just letting people know, hey, this is what I went through. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure people aren't taking it serious. I think people are just tired of living isolated and living inside, and they want to get back to life. And I think a lot of people, especially young people, are saying, listen, I'll play I'll play the odds, I'll roll the dice, um, and if I get it, I get it. The, the reality is most young people are either asymptomatic or it's pretty mild. And uh, I think one of the things we've seen and I had it super early, and I tell everyone it was a terrible experience. It was miserable. I was in the ICU, and there was a moment there I was wondering and asking pretty hard questions to myself. Yeah, I mean, it's it's real. I mean, this, <laughs> I think everybody in L.A. understands. To be totally truthful, I'm not sure everybody in Orange County understands, and I would say that half the people in San Diego County understand. But I think L.A., because of the numbers, has has gotten a good grasp on this is for reals. All right, there's Tony Baselli at number five. You say in no particular order. These are the highlights of the last two weeks. Bronny, what else you got? Oh, we're now going to move on to day two. You actually started out pretty strong in your 10-day contract. We had on your other broadcast partner from Westwood One, one Kurt Warner, who is uh, having a movie made about himself. And, uh, you know, you... Uh, try to ingratiate yourself with him and with the people to show them that you are not above begging and groveling for work i'm going to tell the producers that you know what they should do to finish this thing up i i get to see it front row i should just shoot video next time we do it watching you on an nfl field before a monday night football game talking to the two quarterbacks and and, and how people react to you when they see you that would be a brilliant ending to this film and for that great idea, I, I'm just, I want a small role, tiny little role, something. Just give me, come on, come on, something. There's, there's got to be a, a small little role for you in there somewhere, don't you think? How about I mean, if I get to be the be kicker? A... I get to be the kicker. Kicker? Man, I haven't even thought if we're going to have a kicker in the movie, really. Man, <laughs> kickers? Okay, all right, we'll, we'll, see, uh, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> Kurt Warner. I love Kurt. Kurt is a great guy. I promise you when I tell you there. When, when we go places, and I say we, like we're best friends. We're not, but, but we work together. And, and sometimes, you know, we get to these Monday night football games and the games are over and it's, you know, 11, 12 o'clock at night and we both want to get something to eat and we go places. And I'm telling you, it's like Michael Jackson just walked in. People flock to Kurt Warner. And yes, I am not above groveling. I said earlier this week, I want to host the Rose Bowl parade on television. I mean, I practically asked Doug Ellen if he plans on bringing back Entourage, if there's a role in me in there for Entourage. Maybe they should do mid-age Entourage, middle-age Entourage. Maybe that's what they should do. Um, yeah, I'm not above that, Bronny. I'm not at all. Okay, so Kurt Warner's number four. What do you got for number three? Okay, and the next one uh, spans a couple of days uh, from last week. On day three, you had uh, ESPN's Boog Shambi, the voice of uh, baseball on ESPN, uh, and he was explaining explaining to you how he's calling these Korean baseball games at 3 o'clock in the morning, our time here on the West Coast, and you were just dumbfounded by it, and he convinced you to get up at 2.33 in the morning and to prove it to him, and he was going to give you a shout-out on the air, and this is what happened then. So Eduardo, yesterday I was on a radio show with my buddy Scott Kaplan out 710 ESPN Los Angeles and he was interrogating me on KBO Baseball so I made him get up this morning to watch. No. Is he up? Yeah. He's, he's in up. That, where, oh, he's where is up he? Right in LA? Now. He's in LA. Oh. Or as he likes to say it, the southern part of LA. San Diego. <laughs> Maybe you should go have some breakfast with Sut. I know Sut is not up. Oh, my gosh, that is so not up. How great is Boog Shambi's voice? He's the best. Seriously, how great is his voice? 
he and I started together in sports radio in the mid-90s in Miami when sports radio was just starting out. And what a career he's had and what a voice he has. And thanks for the great shout-out at 2.33 a.m. Pacific time when I can assure you I was the only person on the West Coast. In fact, no, no. I was the only person, period, watching that telecast. Much love, Boog Shambi. Appreciate that. Okay, number two. Okay, so our our last two uh, moments of your 10-day contract come from day seven uh, this week. And you first started having on a legendary NBA broadcaster, Kevin Harlan, who you know very well. And you explained to him what corporate Bergman did to uh, his, uh, his body, so to speak, by getting a tattoo of Vin Scully's signature. You explained this to him, and you asked him, Kevin, would you be willing to get a Vin Scully signature tattoo? And this is what he said. If I were going to get one, I'd get, I'd get Vin Scully's signature, too. <laughs> that, that, would, that would have to be like uh, getting stripes on your shoulder if you were in the military or a medal or a, something like that. I, uh, uh, the respect that our business has for Vin and what he's meant, uh, not only to Los Angeles and to Major League Baseball, but to our business, to our broadcasting business, is so historic and so grand that I would, I would be honored for him to. He, he could write his name any way he wanted to on any any part of me that he wanted to. <laughs> oh my God, that cracks me up. Kevin Harlan saying Vin Scully can autograph his body anywhere he wants him to, just out of the love and respect that he has for him. Okay, Brawny, that's good stuff, man. You got you got a big smile on my face. I'm laughing. Everybody's having fun. If you missed any of these interviews, you can go onto the ESPN app and you can find them and you can listen to them in their in, in their entirety. But you're gonna say the number one highlight of the last nine and a half days on a ten day contract is We'll find out next, Scott. Ooh. Oh, really good. Okay. What is number one? And oh, I got a special shout out for a celebrity that all of a sudden is a 710 ESPN listener and she started following me. I got to give her love. I, I got to give this celebrity just a little bit of love. I got to give her a shout out. We'll find out what number one is next. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Friday afternoon, day 10 of 10. Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Coming up later on this hour, Pete Carroll, the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, will be here. Pete is texting me, humble brag. Pete is texting me and saying, hey, is it okay if I'm a few minutes late? I'm saying, Pete, do what you got to do, man, but we want to get you on today. We're real excited to have him. Lots to talk about. Like, what's the NFL going to look like? Because when I see Patrick Mahomes sending out tweets saying, really, guys, we've had all this time to figure it out and we still don't have a, a handle on it? Well, talk to Pete Carroll about that on the way. If you're a USC fan, you got to make sure you're here. Drop whatever you're doing. We're scheduled for 155. He's telling me he might be a few minutes late. Don't worry about it. We're going to make it happen. We're going to find a way to make sure that it happens. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and Pete Carroll and other guests will appear on ESPN Radio via the Shell Pennzoil performance line. If you're just getting with us, we were saying, look, um, honored, flattered, ecstatic, to have been broadcasting on ESPN 710 over the last nine and a half days. I asked Brawny, I said, dude, I don't know if you'll be able to find what I would call highlights, but if you can, 
Give us the top five moments that you think we've had over the last 10 days. He's given us Tony Baselli, the former USC All-American, the former great Jacksonville Jaguar offensive lineman, and now excellent broadcaster. Tony Baselli talking about his battle with COVID. He's given us Kurt Warner, where I begged Kurt Warner to please allow me to have any role. I don't care how big, how small. Of course, I'd like to be the leading man, but any role I could get in the new Kurt Warner film that's being done about his life. He's given us Boog Shambi, who went on KBO Baseball at 2.33 in the morning Pacific time and gave us a big old shout out. And he's given us the last one here was Kevin Harlan saying that it's okay. Vin Scully can autograph Kevin Harlan's body anywhere Vin wants to. And now, Brawny, we're down to number one. What is the number one highlight that you have determined that has happened over the last nine and a half days. So, Scott, you mentioned it throughout your 10-day contract and a little bit earlier today as well. The point of Sports Talk Radio is at least one of the big things you want to do is you want to make some news. You want to have people on who are going to tell you something that uh, you're not going to hear anywhere else. And I think on day seven of your 10-day contract, you had on the USC Athletic Director Mike Bone, and he got very candid, and I think he gave us as definitive an answer as we've heard from anybody about the state of college football. Let's talk about today, Mike, the future of actually playing. Start me off with this. Do you think USC is going to play football this year? Well, I'll tell you what, Scott, we're trying like doing everything we can to, <laughs> to try and play, but uh, uh, I think that uh, you're a specimen of uh, our ability to protect our athletes and coaches and, and staff uh, yet alone our fans, is a, a significant challenge. So uh, obviously, again, just like the entire country, we are hopeful to be able to play, but hope is not a great strategy. Instead, what we're trying to do is everything we can to ensure that our protocols are tight, that they're uh, fundamentally sound, and that we have the ability to uh, rally everybody to ensure our, our student-athletes are safe. But uh, as of right now, Scott, uh, I think it's 50-50 at best. Mm, 50 50 at best yeah that's pretty newsworthy um i think it's one of those things that gets said on a radio station of this magnitude in a market like la that when and by the way in a program like sc that when the athletic director comes on the radio and says these sorts of things it makes news and and when mike bone said that usc's football season is 50 50 at best i'm going to talk about this as the afternoon goes on but there's a lot of reports now about how college sports and i don't mean just one individual program or one conference i'm talking about the ncaa starting to say things like well Based on the numbers and based on where we are, things are certainly in jeopardy. And I'm going to talk about that coming up a little bit later on this afternoon. It's Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Brawny, great job. I'm glad you were able to find five highlights. I am surprised if I have to be candid. There was nothing from Jerry West. And, and I'm not sure Jerry said anything terribly newsworthy other than guaranteeing that Kawhi Leonard would be in the bubble, which at the time he wasn't. But Jerry West is such a monster superstar. I just thought, just for name value alone, Jerry West might make it. I guess he didn't. I guess he didn't. Hey, let me send a shout-out, and then I'm going to get into LZ Granderson's column. LZ, if you are tuning in this afternoon, I know you worked hard this morning, dude. Um, listen, what you wrote today was brilliant, and I want to talk about LZ Granderson's column coming up in just a matter of moments. But first, got to send a shout-out. Okay, listen. Bergman, do you have any what you would call celebrities following you on Twitter that you know of? Any celebs of any kind? Yeah, I got um, 
I got O'Shea Jackson Jr., Freddie okay. Prince Jr., okay. uh, Ramona good. Shelburne. Okay. Okay, you know, Ramona. Ramona is a celebrity. Make she, no yeah, mistake. She but but she's uh-huh. also a uh, a sports media personality and a colleague. So I'm I'm moving Ramona into a different category. Oh, I but got you, one more. Okay, I got one more. I got kid from Kid and Play. Oh my God! Well, I love Chris. What's his last name? I can't think of it offhand. Uh, Chris, blah 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 blah. I got to think of it. Um, kid from Kid and Play. Great. Love him. Okay. Yeah. Love the high top fade. Christopher, Christopher Reed. Reed. There you go. There you go. Um, okay. So this week, broadcasting on 710 ESPN with so many from the world of Hollywood and music and artists who are Laker fans in particular, who come to this radio station because this is the home of Lakers basketball. I was very flattered to see that this woman followed me. And when I saw her follow, I went, oh, I'm following her right back. I mean, this is something right out of my childhood. Give me, give me a little, a little music here, and then I'll describe to you who this is. Can you, can you play it? All right, here we go. Let me see if you guys know this song. Yeah, yeah. Sing it, girl. Uh huh. Yeah. All of a sudden, I see Jody Watley. She's looking for a new love. A new love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's right. Jody Watley sent me a follow on Twitter. She was probably driving around looking for some Laker basketball talk. I'm rambling and yapping and doing what I do. And Jody Watley, what's up, girl? Sent me a follow on Twitter. Followed her right back. Do you remember the group she used to sing for? I think, was it called, was it Chalamet? Chalamet? Is that the name of the group? Shalimar. Shalimar, not Shalimay. Shalimar. Here you go. Here's yeah. a little dancing in the sheets for you. Oh yeah, this is like, if I had to remember it, I, this is like from the um, from the soundtrack of Footloose. I think that is correct. Yeah. Hey Jody Watley, shout out girlfriend, flattered. Yo Hollywood, what's up? It's Kaplan with a K at Scott Kaplan. I'll take more of those follows. Love that. Jody Watley, thank you. You know, it's not game day, Jody, but you can still feast like it is. Meet Church's new five-buck campfire smokehouse chicken. It's our fan favorite with a new campfire flavor plus mashed potatoes and a biscuit. Church's bringing that down-home flavor. Offer valid at participating locations. Thank you, Jody Watley. Shout out to you. Hey, coming up, Elsie Granderson wrote, I think an uh, an excellent column. I mean, a really, really excellent column that was published today in the LA Times. And for me, this one reaches home, you know, because there's been so much talk about what's been going on in our country and what's been going on this year and the stuff that is so on the surface of police brutality, police reform, social injustice, peaceful protest, um, all of the things that we have been talking about since the unfortunate events that took place in Minneapolis and George Floyd. But what's happened is, is we've gone from this conversation about Black Lives Matter, and we somehow, I don't understand how, we've evolved in a weird kind of way into the conversation going away from Black Lives Matter and going into anti-Semitism. And I'm telling you right now, Michael Wilbon talked about it on ESPN. Stephen A. Smith talked about it on our show last week. By the way, there's another guy who didn't make it into the top five uh, with Stephen A. Smith. But I'm just here to tell you that, that 
LZ wrote a great column because exactly what Michael and Stephen A. said was going to happen has happened. All the talk of anti-Semitism has taken away from the message, in my opinion, of Black Lives Matter because we stopped talking about it. We started talking about this. Let me talk to you about this great column written by LZ Granderson. I'm going to get to it next. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Friday afternoon, we are there, man. Nine and a half of 10. The 10-day contract. You know, it's, a, it's an everyday thing in the NBA. It's a real rarity in sports talk radio. But here we are. Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. I will say that I just received a very interesting text message from our colleague and our friend, George Sedano, who said that he listened to the top five highlights of what we've done the last nine and a half days. And he says, what I can't believe is that the conversation that we all had together during Crosstalk about Star Wars and about me not knowing that Star Wars number one is actually now Star Wars number four because of the three prequels. And I've told you that I'm anti-prequel. George says he can't believe that our conversation about Star Wars did not make it into the top five. But George, well, hold on. Sorry. I need to interject this. George, Scott wanted highlights for the show. I consider that a low light for oh. Scott. Scott oh. did not shine bright in that moment. Yeah, that offended you. I know it did. I'm a Star Warsist. I, I will mean to be. forever hold it against you. I, I will never, ever let you forget. I know. I know. I mean, I made it through 30 minutes of Star Wars, number one, when I finally found it. And uh, it was so bad. I can't even believe that we all love that movie. But that all being said, George is also very, very jealous about Jody Watley following me. So, Jody, if you're listening... Girlfriend, you got to follow Sedano. You got to. I mean, give this kid a follow. He's, he's nuts. He loves you. So Jody Watley, sending a shout out. Okay, let me, let me talk about a couple other things. And I'll start off by letting you know that ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if we can save you hundreds on your car insurance. Okay, so I talked about this a lot. And it's, it's surface for me, okay? Work with me here, everybody. This is surface for me. I'm very unhappy and upset at what is going on in our country, okay? And what I mean by that is it started with what I saw happen on the streets of Minneapolis. Anybody who has a pulse, okay, anybody would see that and say, unacceptable, cannot justify, not one ounce of this can be justified, nothing. Don't tell me about past history. Don't tell me about, about, you know, what's going on in somebody's body. I don't want to hear about it. No one person should ever have four police officers sitting on them like that with one guy on his neck and killing the guy in broad daylight. Can we all just agree on that? Believe me. By the way, I'm, I'm generally pro cop because frankly, I think most cops are probably pretty decent people. Okay. And by the way, I would never, ever, you couldn't pay me enough. You couldn't pay me what you're paying Patrick Mahomes. You couldn't pay me what you're paying LeBron to be a cop. It's just not something I'm built to do, okay? I'm not man enough to handle it, okay? I'm too scared. I don't want to carry a weapon. I don't want to put my life in jeopardy. I don't want to put on the uniform every day and be scared. But I will say this. Good cops got to police bad cops. And I think all the good cops have finally decided we can't live like this anymore. Much love to those of you that are the right side. Okay, now listen. What's happened is, is that when, when this George Floyd terrible, terrible tragedy happened, many of us 
um, were not only offended and disgusted, but then the conversations started to turn. And when those conversations started to turn, again, many of us, and I'm, I'm saying us, I'm, this is now I'm speaking me, white guy here, okay? We realized, gosh, man, we are dumb. We're, we're stupid in a lot of ways, okay? I've talked about this, but I'll just, I'll just reset it for those of you that haven't heard me talk about this. When Drew Brees says what he says, and then his teammates, I mean, are immediately jumping all over him saying, you don't understand that as proud as you were for your grandfather who got to come home and celebrate as a war hero, my grandfather did the exact same thing your grandfather did. And guess what? When he came home, nobody celebrated him. They told him you can't get on the bus and you can't go into the restaurant. And me, big dummy, okay, I'm like, that's U.S. history that I just don't know. And I feel terrible and I feel stupid and I need to be educated and, and help me, work with me. And so that's where I'm at, okay? That is where I'm at. But what has happened now, subsequently, when guys like myself are saying, woke, hello, new word, woke, I'm woke, I want to be woke. When, when guys like me are saying, what can I do? I want to participate. I want to help. I want to help be part of the solution, not part of the problem. I don't want to see Confederate flags. Maybe certain statues of certain historic figures just don't belong anymore because the world has changed. I'm trying to do my part. But what has happened here in, in Deshaun Jackson with his, his nasty, anti-Semitic comments that he, he, he put out on Instagram. Then Steven Jackson, who remember, Steven Jackson, friends with George Floyd, called him his brother. Um, they kind of even looked alike, he said. And, and Steven Jackson, instead of just being the leader, one of the real true voices of leadership for BLM, what did he do? He decided to double down on Deshaun Jackson, who, by the way, had already apologized. And so when Don Lemon on CNN was like, dude, you need to apologize. He's like, for what? And I'm paraphrasing, but he was defiant in many ways until Don Lemon finally broke him down and said, bro, you got to apologize. That's why I brought you on the show. Say you're sorry and get lost. So after that, then here comes this Nick Cannon situation. And I told you yesterday, I'm not a Nick Cannon fan. I don't find him funny. I mean, he is, he's kind of like, um, he, I, I acknowledge and I admire his success, but I just don't find him entertaining. That being said, he got himself into a whole world of trouble with his podcast and some things that he had said along the way. And then it just turns into all of this talk about like anti-Semitism. And, it, and it's coming, by the way, or at least I'm receiving it this way from many people that I look to and think, hey, man, you need to be a leader of, of your message right now. And what Stephen A. Smith said, and he said it on this show last week, and what Michael Wilbon said on ESPN is, What's going to happen is this. Steven Jackson will have undermined all of the credibility that he had built as a leader for Black Lives Matter. And, you know, when, when you start to see somebody who I consider to be an activist, a philanthropist, uh, someone with strong opinions, someone who I think is extremely thoughtful, when you see Kareem Abdul-Jabbar write a column in the Hollywood Reporter that calls out Ice Cube for any number of tweets or comments that have anti-Semitic undertones, fellas, here's the problem, okay? We're supposed to be concentrating on Black Lives Matter, and you've turned this now into, you know, Jewish lives don't matter. I mean, for lack of a better term. I read LZ Granderson's column today in the LA Times. LZ, 
My brother, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Honest, candid, raw, and smart. LZ Granderson tells the story that he is a young kid grew up in the South, and many of the people, when he would go visit his family in Chicago, would say, hey, we're going to, and this is his term, we're going to Jewtown. Why are we, why, why do you call it that? And he said, because before you buy anything, you got to Jew them down. These are his words, okay? This is what LZ wrote and published today in the LA Times. Okay, I feel comfortable saying them, but it's okay. I know it could, you know, it could be shocking for some people to hear these kinds of terms. LZ tells the story about how he always remembered that conversation. Like it didn't strike him as, oh yeah, that's just normal. Let's just always say that. It struck him as, gosh, that's a really harsh thing to say. And he tells the story about going to the Million Man March back in the, in the late 90s and following Louis Farrakhan until he finally came to this conclusion that he's spewing too much hate. He needs to think on his own. The point was, LZ is, is saying what Kareem is saying differently, of course, which is we've got to stop all of the hatred. If you are African-American and you're saying we're done enough, it's got to change. It can't happen. And I'm calling on white America. Hello, I'm standing up. I'm number one in line. I'm calling on you guys to help. I'm, I'm doing the same thing now. I'm doing the same thing. That's why I called out Ice Cube yesterday. Cube, call. I mean, come on, man. We got to stop spewing the hate. LZ, brilliant column, loved it. I hope everybody takes a few minutes and goes and reads LZ's column on the LA Times. Okay, coming up, I'm going to get to some college sports on the way. And I really, really want to discuss the possibilities. And now it looks like the probabilities that we're not going to see college football this year because it's just too big there's too many people there's too many conferences and it's just not something that one governing body can handle i want to get to that story coming up and pete carroll is texting me telling me he's going to be a little bit late so hang on hang on if you're back because you're expecting pete carroll he is coming okay on the way pete carroll yes and i want to get to what is the reality of the future of college sports and oh by the way since this whole you know racial anti-semitic thing is in my mind i want to give some credit to the dodgers for what they did i'll do all of that on the way this is scott kaplan on 710 espn